Welcome to episode 55 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. Scott Sturman, Matt Deitch, Happy New Year. First episode of the, yeah, we're back. We we didn't have an episode last week. Uh, first episode of 2020. 2020. Hoofed up. Clear vision and we're getting after it. That's right. Noah, we got a really cool episode today. Uh, Chad Lorith uh, over at Iowa Great Lakes Outdoors. Uh, yeah, if anyone's ever seen us uh, BS around with Chad on on Facebook, uh, uh, I I think you know what's about to <laughs> what's about to go down. But he's he's a good friend of the show. He's our first interview way back when we first started this thing. That's and, right. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, he was our first interview. So that's right. I'm Man, looking forward to talking to him. You remember we did that over at my parents' house, and when we got there, we turned on the water. That's right. And a pipe had, had exploded, and, and next thing you know, there's water flying out in the laundry room, and holy moly, we had a mess. And I've, I mean, you know, at the time, it was like, oh my God, we got Chad Lorth here, and the freaking pipes are bursting, <laughs> whatever. So we ended up having to call my parents. I turned off all the water, you know, kind of picked up the water that I could, and my parents had to come over, and oh my gosh, I, I kind of totally forgot all about that. Oh yeah, well we got the interview done, because we're we professionals. Did. That's right top-notch professionals done if you haven't listened to our first episode i don't even know which one that is with chad lorith i mean it's got to be back like number 12 or 14 or 15 or something like that uh we've obviously gotten better since then Uh, we like to think so yeah i mean i'm not saying we're good but we've gotten better better. let's let's put it that way so yeah well without further ado we'll get over to chad hey chad you there man yes sir how you guys we're doing doing excellent perfect so, yeah, we're here today, uh, Chad Lorith, uh, with uh, Iowa Great Lakes Outdoors, Inc. Um, Chad, uh, you been out fishing lately? Actually, uh, just got back from the lake right now. <laughs> oh, really? Cheeks are still rosy. Uh, went and went uh, tried to hunt down some crappies tonight on West Okoboji. And oh, right on. And how did it go? Well, you were talking about Achilles heel. So we, all, we all have those days. Didn't, didn't turn out as good as I wanted, but... Uh, you know, we learned we learned some stuff, which was good. So right, well, good because crappies is actually uh, on the on the list tonight to talk about. So uh, yeah, well, <laughs> uh, no. But before we get into the crappies, uh, Chad, uh, any New Year's resolutions? Um, yeah, just to make sure that I don't send too many meme pictures to YouTube because uh, you two start ganging up on me, and I, I, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get a new arsenal of pictures. Well, you got you got Ramsey on your side. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we got we got to work on his skills though. With, yeah, uh, with that. <laughs> but no, just just uh, I don't know. 2020 is gonna be a good year for fishing. I think if uh, winter ever gets here. So. Right. Well, with that, do you have any fishing goals for 2020? Any like tournaments, anything like that? Hmm. You know, I'm not a real big goal guy. Uh, I'll just say this winter, as far as like the winter, I just want to go chase some bites I have not been able to chase, um, you know, last couple of years. So I'm going to block some time off to do that this year. Just take some more me time. Definitely going to guide, but take take more me time. Oh, you got to so, do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right on. Well, uh, if you got any extra time, uh, me and Matt will uh, encroach on that me time, and we'll go out fishing with you. We'll make it us well, time. <laughs> I, I, I fully, I fully intend on that. We're going to have our fishing challenge, and uh, uh, you know, I kind of, I kind of saw how Matt moves here last Saturday when we were out together, and uh, you know, I'm going to have to watch out for you guys. Yeah, well, he even he even told me before he met up with you. He, he's like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to show him my best stuff. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> show, show Ramsey for me, okay? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, getting into crappies, Chad, uh, you know, th- they've, they've always kind of been my Achilles heel. I've, I've occasionally caught them when I'm over there on Okaboji, but uh, I don't think neither me nor Matt, uh, while we're over at Okaboji or Spirit or wherever, have ever really gotten into a real solid crappie bite. Ma- Matt, maybe you have uh, before me and you really started fishing together, but... Not really. Not, like, specifically targeted. I'm going, we're going over there, we're finding crappies, and we're trying to catch crappies. Like you said, it's usually kind of a thing where we're catching bluegills or yellow bass, and all of a sudden it's like, oh... Here comes here's a crappie in there. So. Exactly. So, Chad, what are some of the the areas you target when when you're going after crappies specifically? 
Okay. Um, so, like, if I was going to break down a lake, you know, the first thing I do is I'll look at the map. And, you know, because I fish these lakes a lot down here, I kind of know where to look for them. But it doesn't always mean they're going to be there because they're, you know, they roam a lot, even in the winter. Um, but, you know, kind of kind of some locations I look at on these lakes down here. Um, and, and, again, our lakes are a little bit different than some of the stuff you'll see in Minnesota because they're not always basin-oriented fish, uh, you know, down here in the Iowa Great Lakes like they are up, you know, in, in central and northern Minnesota. But, you know, I'll start looking at, at you know, points and rock piles, uh, steep breaks. You know, Matt, we were fishing a steep break the other day, and, you know, we had a couple in there. And, right. you know, we didn't actually chase after those fish, but, but they do relate to steep breaks. Um, basins. Uh, you know, I'll look at a map, you know, like West Okaboji's got a number of smaller basins in it. And, you know, if they aren't on the pot, on the points, the rock piles or the steep breaks, I look in the basins. And, you know, if, if they're they're in the basin, a lot of times what I've found is they're not always suspended out in the middle of the basin. They're just, they're they're relating to the break, but they're just out off, off of that, that basin break. And then if, you know, you strike out there, weeds, um, there's always fish that that are weed oriented and and they'll they'll relate to weeds all winter long so you know you kind of got two different types of of uh fish you know crappies that i'd call it you know some that that relate to deep structure or basins and then and then those that are that are in the weeds and and a lot of folks you know see those on west okaboji especially uh you know because we we all fish bluegills over there and a lot of times you'll, you'll find crappies in there in the weeds with the bluegills right now, what do you think these crappies that are that are cruising around out on Okaboji? What are they? What's their forage? What are they eating this time of year? Well, you know they'll they'll eat small, you know, small, you know, young of the year fry uh, that are that are out there swimming around. But you know, I think a lot of times too, they're you know they're they're like bluegills. They're out uh, just feeding on bugs. Um, you know, especially if you get into a weed weed line bite or you know find fish that are that are over weeds. Um, you know, there's small bugs and stuff in there that, that they're feeding on. And, and, uh, you know, again, it's just kind of, I think a lot of times they're, they're creatures of opportunity. Um, you know, and our our lakes are pretty diverse down here, as you guys know. So, um, you know, I think there's not one, one specific rule of thumb that they're always feeding on like bait fish. So, um, but, uh, how about like go-to baits for when you're targeting crappies? Okay, um, so I'm a pretty simple, I mean, you guys will get to know me a little bit more as we fish together, but I'm, I'm really kind of a simple guy when it comes to baits. If you ask me color, I'm going to say gold, and you can ask me what color, I'm going to say gold again. Um, and I like a, I personally like a five to six mil uh, jig to fish crappies with, um, just because a five or six millimeter loads up on, uh, you know, a, a light or ultralight rod pretty good. Um, and you know, and if you're fishing with a spring, uh, on there, you're going to see that spring load up as well. So you can see that negative bite, you know, when they're, when they're coming up and, uh, and hitting a bait. Um, the other thing I, I like running is smaller spoons. I mean, I run a lot of little frosties. Um, I don't know if you guys fish those a lot, but I've got, you know, several of those. And again, gold, uh, is another, is a good color and I've got pink and white. I mean, pink is a really good color in the uh in the winter for crappies and uh you know a lot of times if i'm gonna run pink it's gonna be on a spoon you know pink and white so but those are kind of you know that's just a real quick rundown there but you can never go wrong with just a uh you know an ice jig this time of year for crappies what are you tipping them with um i like to use spikes a, a lot of times just you know because it it uh it's not it doesn't make the jig um you know, with such a big profile that I, I don't have control of the jig, you know, with a, a lighter rod. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll use plastics as well. Uh, but if I'm going to run plastics, um, a lot of times I will modify that plastic down. I mean, like uh, I'll use the Berkeley Mayfly, um, the, one of the Berkeley Powerbait uh, Ice Mayflies, um, and I'll pinch like half that body on and then I'll thread it on to the jig, uh, regardless of the color. Um, just just to kind of keep that profile a little bit smaller, um, especially if you're over on East Okaboji. I mean, this year the water clarity is so good over there that uh, it's going to be pretty challenging, I think, for folks once we really get going over there, um, you know, as far as fishing. So, Right. 
Now you talked a little bit about uh, uh, running a little bit bigger of a tungsten jig to, to help load up your rod. What kind of rod and reel setup are you going with? Well, I like the light or ultralight. Um, you know, the other the other option, which a lot of guys uh, prefer, um, you know, if you're not fishing the light or ultralight with a spring, is uh, like a noodle rod. So like JT, you know, I run the Rogue. Um, you know, that's a, that's a real solid noodle rod. And then the Panhandler uh, is always a solid option. And, and, you know, we've got that with a 30-inch uh, with spring, comes 35-inch with spring, and, a, and even the 24 uh, you know, for our customers, I run JT for all our customers. So I usually set folks up with the 24 or 30 inch with spring because, you know, you're going to be able to see those bites, um, you know, with crappies, especially when they're biting light. Um, but, uh, you know, those, those are pretty much my go-to. Um, but if I had to pick one, I'd pick the rogue. I, I like the, the glass blank for, for fishing crappies cause it's, uh, that, that rod's got a real fast tip. So it doesn't really matter you know, the make, you know, the, the brand of the rod, you know, the company. I mean, I just, you know, if you got something with a fast tip that you can load it up uh, with a, with a five mil where you can see that negative bite or, or the aggressive bites, you're obviously going to see those. Um, you know, that's what I'd be looking for in a crappie rod. Well, what kind of line are you running on there? Um, I'm, I'm against, I'm a simple guy. I mean, you know, Dave Gens, you know, he, you know, you ask him, he likes micro ice, uh, you know, but uh, I run sunline too, but, um, you know, a one to two pound test is, is where I'm at. Uh, you know, I don't think you need to go much bigger, um, especially if you have to, you know, switch jig sizes and go from like a five or six mil down to like a three mil. Um, you know, two pound is, is right in there as a, as a real good line size, you know, for, for fishing crappies. Um, but again, I, like I said, I like micro ice. Um, I just like, uh, you know, how, how, uh, how it performs in cold weather. It's not real stiff. It comes off the spool nice. And, uh, you know, it's a monofilament line. But, you know, some people prefer fluorocarbon too, and that, and that does make a difference. But uh, but one and two pound is, is definitely the weight as far as rule of thumb for crappies. Now, I was going to ask you, and, and you said uh, come off the spool, so I'm assuming that you mean uh, uh, spinning rods. But are you an inline reel guy uh, with uh, the panfish? or? <laughs> Hey, hey, I'm not that old, but I'm kind of an old guy. I'm not that coordinated. Oh, no, hey, so. man, they got they got new inline reels. <laughs> I'd, I'd need a handicap one. I, I've always been a spinning a spinning reel guy, and I think it's primarily just for me personally. Uh, I haven't ran a lot of inlines. I mean, have you guys ran them? I mean, I'll be honest. I just I just don't run them. Um, I just haven't felt the need to. I guess I, I run them a little bit, and. I... I like the way they perform, but again, too, I have spinning reels that I use, I guess, for different applications and different water depths. I can see advantages to both. Right. I uh, I ran some of the uh, uh, 13 Free Falls or 13 Ghost or Black Betty Ghost, whatever. Actually, there's one sitting in front of Matt right now on our table, but uh, I don't know. I, I just didn't personally uh, uh, care for them, and I went back to all spinning reels, and I, I, I mean, I'm not... Uh, I won't say that I'll never run a, a inline rail, but no, just not me right now. Yeah, I mean, the the one thing that I use as kind of a crutch um, to keep me on, a, you know, running a spinning reel is, you know, line spin, as we all know, is always an issue. So a lot of times what I'll do uh, with, a, with a rod is I'll set the drag so that I can pull line out against the drag and stretch it out to take some of the coil out of it. And a lot of times I'll retie before I go out um, and, and do that. And then I also have a leader straightener, which I use, you know, for tippet for fly fishing. I also carry that on my ice bibs so that I can uh, can use that to, to actually take some of the, the coil or spin out of that line. Because um, as we all know, I mean, you get into catching a bunch of bluegills and, you know, the old circle fish. They, <laughs> at the end of the day, your, your, your rod can be pretty thrashed. So... Um, those are just a couple of tricks that I use to, to, to prevent or, or reduce the amount of, uh, line spin that you get from, from running a spinning reel. I, I see a lot of people, uh, on, on the YouTube videos that I watch, uh, handing out their line like that, not just opening up the bale, but like you said, uh, pulling it against the drag. And I never once thought like, oh, wow, they're, you know, kind of stretching it out. I'm, I don't know, maybe everyone else who's watching it, uh, had that figured out, but I did not. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's just a little trick that a lot of folks use. Um, 
you know, and, and, uh, you know, to me, I mean, the ultimate setups are running those little tight line, you know, where you can tight line with a schoolie reel and a, right. and a short and a short rod. Um, you know, that's, that's pretty much the ultimate that, uh, you know, I need to perfect that craft a little bit more. So. Right. Now, Chad, what are some of your tips for uh, narrowing down on bigger panfish, whether it be bluegills or crappies? Uh, you know, I think a lot of people can get into a, a hole and, and start catching a lot of four or five inches. Uh, do you upsize your jig or do you have any techniques that you use to specifically target the bigger fish in the school? Um, yeah, I mean, the first thing, like if, if we're just going to talk crappies, um, and, and if you've ever, if you, you guys, I assume have fished with a camera, um, you know, in the winter, yep. what, what a lot of times will happen is those crappies in general are going to be, and especially bigger crappies are going to be above the bluegills that they'll be cruising with bluegills, but they're going to be above them. And some of your biggest fish, especially like when you're going to be shallow, like if you're fishing shallow weeds, like I'll use little Emerson as an example, some of the biggest crappies are going to be just right below the ice a lot of times. And so, you know, it's kind of, you know, people have referred to it as hunting like a big buck, uh, you know, whether it's a, a big bluegill or a, a big crappie or crappies or bluegills, um, you know, jigging up higher is definitely a solid, a solid uh, way to, to put bigger fish in the ice. You're going to catch fewer fish, but you're probably going to catch bigger ones. Um, and you'll see that on the camera. I mean, if, one of the best learning tools I, I use them with customers but uh, you know i've learned a lot myself just fishing with them too where you can watch you know how they behave you know when they're they're in a school and uh you know you can never go wrong upsizing with it with a larger jig a larger presentation especially for crappies um but there are times you know if we if we talk bluegills real quick sometimes downsizing is better for bluegills um you know so it's kind of the opposite but uh you just got to experiment, you know, and the way I look at it, guys, read what the fish are telling you and give them what they want, you know? Right. Simple uh, as that. Yeah, yeah, that that's really, I mean, you know, we, we, I mean, look, they don't have a very big brain compared to ours, but are they smarter than us? Yeah, sometimes. So, you know, <laughs> I, I don't try to outthink them. I just try to, you know, join them, I guess is what I'm saying. So, If you, if you can't beat them, join them. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> So you talked about it, if winter ever does get here, I mean, we really haven't got into full winter down this area yet, but what's the fishing on the Iowa Great Lakes looking like this winter? Um, I think it's, I mean, look, guys, we've had some great fishing to date. I mean, you know, Big Spirit has been kicking out, uh, you know, obviously a lot of perch, and, and there's been a good walleye bite up there, and there was a really good panfish bite early uh, up there in, in anglers. Um West Okaboji, you know, Emerson Bay has been kind of the, the ticket right now. It's been mostly bluegills. You know, you heard me talk on, when we started the, the podcast. I was over on West tonight looking for, for crappies. And, and uh, I'll just say that the water clarity is exceptional over there right now. And I think it's going to be challenging. Um, but uh, that, that lake's going to kick some good panfish out this winter. If, if the ice, you know, this cold weather's coming and it's going to shape the ice up and heal some stuff up you know, uh, that's preventing access right now. We've got some pressure ridges up in the north end of the lake. There's some along Crescent Beach. You know, you want to stay away from those until we get good cold weather and kind of kind of just straightens the ice out a little bit there. Um, East Okaboji, going to be good. Uh, it has been good. Kicking out panfish, as you guys know. Yellows, Matt. I mean, we went over and fished a few of those, and we didn't get after it too hard, did we? But uh, but we caught some fish, and I, th I think it's, it's just going to be a good – all around bite in general on each of these lakes if that makes sense oh, yeah. uh, lots of opportunity going to spread out pressure yeah now uh me and matt were kind of talking a little bit uh before we started recording and uh he kind of mentioned that maybe you and him had actually had this conversation here last weekend when you guys all got out but uh the yellow bass on east it, it just doesn't seem like the quality is there right now uh, you know, compared to even say like a year ago when, when catching these master angler 10 inch plus, uh, fish was, was not crazy. What do you think is going on there? Well, I think there's a couple things. Number, number one, they cycle. I mean, that's just what their population does over time. And, uh, number two, you know, angling pressure for sure has, has helped probably reduce those populations. I mean, 
you know, th that's probably a great question for Mike Hawkins, the biologist down here. But in general, you know, I think we're going to see a comeback. Of, I mean, we're, there's a lot of seven and eight inch fish in, in the east, and I think we're going to see that bite pick up again over there. Um, but, uh, you know, they're, they're no different than any other fish. And, and I think what we're lucky is, is right now is to see that reduction in the population because we're seeing better panfish over there. Um, you know, and we've got enough teeth in that lake to keep things somewhat in check with those yellows when you combine that with angling pressure and then just how their life cycle goes. So, you know, I think we're just on a downside of it right now in terms of size class. Uh, but, you know, for folks looking to find, you know, fish to keep and eat, I, I'd rather see people keep a pile of yellows, even if they're only seven inches versus a pile of, uh, you know, 12 to 14 inch crappies or 10 inch bluegills, yeah, um, right. you know, so, but, but in general, I think Scott, you know, we're going to see, we're going to see some opportunity to get on East, especially in the winter with, with yellows coming. I mean, they're there, just, we're not, you know, we're all used to those big 10 inchers. So yeah. right. they're coming. <laughs> good <laughs> we'll find them yeah we will <laughs> i'll make sure we're together when we do that all right <laughs> i'll hold you to it <laughs> yep matt said he's gonna punch holes for us all day long that's all i'm gonna do hole puncher good yeah good. remind me of my college days a little bit no i'm not gonna go there no <laughs> okay oh, <man. laughs> holy moly yeah, well, I'll, I'll just I'll just mention you know the that that yellow bite guys over there. Um, you know, when I first started guiding, you know, and started doing ice trips, you know, that was a bread and butter bite over there. I mean, you, you know, but you could see over time that those fish, you know, that the larger size class was starting to you know to disappear, and we're getting into smaller fish, and they move a lot, and and really what it takes to be successful. You know, I'm going to say with crappies and, and like with yellows, I mean, they're similar fish. They roam a lot, um, especially like over on the east, is uh, just get a group of guys together, go out and start punching some holes. And, you know, if you get catch a crappie or two, uh, you know, pay attention to what you're doing because there's probably more down there than you realize. Um, you know, we're just jigging below those fish. And, and that's what I did the other day, Matt, I mean, right. for, for the, the handful of decent ones I had. Uh, for what it was, um, you know, I was jigging higher, and and that's what you'll see, you know. So they kind of they're in with those yellows, but they're up above them too. So yeah, and one thing you know, I noticed when we were out the other day that I thought, you know, your snowmobile setup, you're talking about moving with these fish and everything like that. It's important. It's nice to have a setup like your snowmobile to stay on those fish and be able to stay mobile on the ice. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's the key to, I, I mean, mobility is the key, whether you have a machine or not, it's just staying mobile. And, uh, uh, you know, sometimes small moves, as Jason Mitchell puts it, or big, you know, produce big results, I, you know, how he puts it. And, but, uh, you know, we don't have to drill 500 holes to, you know, to figure out a, a good bite like where we were fishing that. Um, but, uh, you know, I think if we had put a little more time into that, just from what I saw where we were at, we probably would have caught more copies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, mobility, mobility is everything, but uh, I'll tell you, it can also be, it can also work against you. And I'll give you an example of that. So like my snowmobile studded, um, so it makes a lot of noise going across the ice. We don't have any snow on the ice right now. So that spooks fish. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm getting a little bit long winded here, but the last guide trip I ran for perch up on, on big spirit, we covered four lineal miles of ice punched close to probably 500 holes facing these perch. And I had to stay away from the group. Uh, I had some help on that trip with another, another person that was helping me punch holes. And we had to keep the machines out away from the areas that, that we knew there was fish because if you drove up on them, those fish would scatter. So hmm. it's just kind of a, a word of advice for folks looking to fish on the lakes right now until we get some snow just just realize that your machine can spook fish that is that's really cool i you know i I've, i guess i have heard of people talking about you know coming up with loud snowmobiles with a loud exhaust and whatnot and you know that kind of uh spooking fish but i never thought about a studded track yeah yeah and, and it's the same with chains or traps on on uh you know atvs i mean atvs without without chains and stuff on them are a little bit better than a snowmobile but uh I guess I, I just look at it as, you know, it's a lot, it's no different than, you know, like if we're sneaking up on some shallow fish on West when there's open water, 
you know, you want to keep your boat off of those fish. Right. I mean, you guys know that being bass fishermen, you know, if you're going to throw top water and you know there's fish shallow, you just don't want to run your boat right up on top of them. So. Right. right. Tell us a little bit about that snowmobile setup you're running, Chad. Well, it's, uh, I've had it a year. I mean, I've always had, you know, a couple, you know, the sleds I had before this were a little bit lighter. They just weren't what I wanted. So, um, you know, it's got a, it's got a long track. It's got a 154 inch track on it. Um, it's two seaters, so you can throw a couple of people on there. And then I've just got it, got it set up, uh, uh, with a Vexlar on there so I can sit on the snowmobile off the side and just fish off it. And then I've got a GPS on there, so it's similar to, to like a boat. Um, I mean, Dave Gens really is the guy that that has brought that idea of fishing to, to, to the ice fishing community. And, uh, you know, there's lots of setups now that are modeled after what he first did originally with, with a snowmobile, uh, treating it like his bass boat on ice is what he calls it. So, um, you know, the, I, I like it because I, I stay mobile. I don't kneel on the ice as much anymore like i used to when i was younger um and i've just realized that you know that if i can get the job done off my sled and not set a lot of stuff on the ice where i'm taking time to pick stuff up it just allows me to fish faster through the day and fish more more water cover more ice so and and you've got a big old profab box on the back of that thing too right yeah, yeah uh you know i didn't want to bring that in, uh, you know up necessarily but i will i mean uh just because there's all kinds of different setups out there and that that box is you know i i, I drew up the diagrams for that and gave them to steve caselius with profab and uh you know chad cummings uh you know my partner in crime he's running one as well but what i wanted you know setting aside whether it's a profab or anything else is i wanted a system on the back of the snowmobile that would allow me to operate or fish similar to how i fish in the boat now, and, and that's for me. I mean, each guy may fish different, but I, I've had several setups, guys, on the back of different machines. And it just, there was too many steps still. Even though everything was contained on my machine, there was just too many steps. So it was taking up time, and it, it didn't allow me to fish like I wanted to. So, you know, this new setup with that ProFab box, you know, I carry the rods on top, um, you know, in uh, rod boxes. So it's kind of like my rod locker in the boat. And then the storage in it itself, um, you know, I've got everything organized in that box. So when I pull up on a spot, if I'm not able to fish off the sled or don't want to, I can literally open the door, grab my flasher, and out I go. And uh, everything's organized in there. It's, it's no different than, than really fishing out of my boat, literally, because I'm kind of a, I'm a little bit OCD when it comes to organizing my stuff, just because it helps me fish efficiently and faster. And, and that's why I do it. But great system. Uh, but regardless of whether you can, can buy a ProFab or not, uh, organization is a, is a huge key to being efficient. I was really thinking that maybe that ProFab box was filled up with like Doritos and yeah, candy bars. That's, that's not a big cooler on the back. Yeah. I thought it was like a mini fridge on the back of there. I don't really well, want to fish with this guy anymore. No. <laughs> he's, he's, well, I, always, I always see these gourmet meals that he's making out there on the, on the ice, and I just thought it was a big kitchen on the back. He's not who we thought he was, Matt. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll just say I, I, that is one aspect of that box that I absolutely love is when you flip down the door you know i can park it so it's protected from the wind and i serve i serve lunch off of that for guide service customers you know i can it's kind of like a workbench where i can tie stuff and and actually see it and uh you know it's pretty sweet to have that uh you know there right at weight right at waist height so you're not bending over and you can kind of see what what's going on with what you're trying to do there but uh but yeah you know we cook some stuff i'll just say that you know <laughs> Well, you're not as you're, you're you're getting back into my better graces. I'll t I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why I love you guys. <laughs> now, Chad, uh, before we let you go, I know the nursing home's got a curfew, and uh, you know we can't let this uh, go all night. But uh, just a couple quick random questions: uh, If you could build a cabin anywhere in the world, where would you build it? Oh man! So you're talking on a lake. Oh, it can be or on a lake, on a it lake. can be yeah. out in the mountains, it can, I mean... Be in the middle of yeah. Detroit, eh? yeah. it can be anywhere. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I'd go to Detroit. <laughs> um, you know, I, 
I would love to have a cabin on Mille Lacs. Uh, when I lived in Minnesota, I spent a lot of time on that lake. And I just, you know, I, setting aside all of the stuff right now that's associated with Mille Lacs, it is, it's just such an awesome fishery. And it, it just, it, it produces some great fish. Um, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm saying Mille Lacs because Lisa, you know, she'd be part of that cabin and, and, uh, she would want to be somewhat close to Brainerd because she liked Brainerd a lot when we lived up there. And, and uh, you know, gals, they got to they got to have a little bit of culture. They like being primitive, but they got to have a little bit of culture for mental health. <laughs> and, and then I do, too, once in a while. So for sure. I, Mille Lacs would be a, a place I would love to have a place on. But, uh, you know, I bet you're surprised it's not West Okaboji, right? No, 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 I, no I, I, didn't, I didn't think that you I mean, I, I know that you like Okaboji, but I kind of thought that you would uh be a, a minnesota guy yeah i mean you know i i will say you know that's that's based on walleyes you know if we're talking walleyes if you're talking panfish uh, otter tail county is pretty tough to beat right. um you know up there fergus falls so you just want the smallmouth bass on malax that's what you want you're afraid well, to i say like it. the smallies over there too i, I mean <laughs> we fish smallies you know when i lived up there we'd fish smallies every year in july when the walleye bite would kind of turned to crap and and uh you know people looked at us like we were a bunch of buffoons over there you know pitching pitching uh jigs and twisters at at uh smallmouth but let me tell you it's i mean you know what the fishery is now it's yeah. it's an amazing fishery right. so now, in fact that's maybe a trip the three of us should take oh, all right <clears throat> all right yep i'm yep. in <laughs> twisted our arm yep. <laughs> Now, people that follow us on social media know that we all, we us three, joke around with each other a lot, and we have a lot of movie quotes and stuff like that. Um, what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie. <laughs> um, I'm liking where this podcast is going today. We can keep um, it going oh, in that yeah. direction. Yeah. Uh, well, you guys know I love Anchorman. Oh yeah. And uh, you know that one of my favorite parts in there is you know when Ron's lost his job at the network and. <laughs> You know he's he's kind of homeless walking down the street you know in his in his uh in his in his uh tank top yep. and, he, and he and he's drinking milk and it's like oh milk was such a bad choice <laughs> on a hot day and it's like 100 degrees out so i am completely miserable san diego yes. <laughs> <laughs> no no so so speaking of anchorman uh if, if you were you know of the four guys on uh channel channel nine or channel five news uh there with ron burgundy if you were to uh uh take those characters and put them on me and matt who who would we be um would would i would matt be ron burgundy would he be champ who, who would he be um i i'm thinking that you know a brian fantana and a champ kind <laughs> there we go I, i'm for that yeah, your personalities are definitely not brick. No. But, <laughs> no. but you know, maybe we could pick on your buddy Craig Euler. <laughs> Shots fired on the podcast. <laughs> and we could bring Dan Hogue into that and Chad Cummings too. Yeah. They're yeah. all our good buddies. So. You bet. Oh yeah, for sure. No, uh, Chad, have you ever fallen through the ice? Uh I have not. Haven't. And I don't uh, don't intend to. Yeah. Um you know, I, I, uh, I'm a pretty, for the folks that fish with me, you know, in the winter, they know I'm, I'm pretty, pretty conservative. Uh, I mean, I'm a great, I'm an aggressive ice angler, but I, I'm pretty conservative with ice. I mean, you know, check ahead always is my rule of thumb. I mean, uh, you know, I carry all the safety gear with me all the time. And, uh, you know, I try to think of myself as pretty prepared for, for what I'll consider the the bad situation every time I go out on the ice. I mean, I carry a spud with me, even on my sled. I've usually got one. I mean, Matt just saw that the other day. Yep. Um, and uh, you know, even though you guys walked out, you know, I got a machine. I'm checking out in front because I want to make sure that it's pretty consistent ice. So. Right. But but once I start running, I'll be honest. Uh, you know, I don't. You know, where I've been, I don't always recheck some of that stuff, uh, especially as the winter progresses. But. You know, if it's a part of the lake I haven't been on yet, I, I'm definitely, you know, punching around. I don't always, you know, believe the guy running the ATV across the lake that it's it's good to go. Right, so. right, yeah. All right, next one. Uh, what's your spirit animal? My spirit animal? Yep. <laughs> well, I, when I go, guys, I'm coming back as a black lab retriever. I oh, mean, yeah. Yeah, you know. 
they, they live the dream. They don't they don't worry about bills ever. They all they got to do is eat, sleep, and you know hope that their owner throws them a ball and and uh, you know life's pretty good for for a, a black lab. So I, that's me. All so, right. Well, to take that a step further, what's your spirit fish? Spirit fish. If you were if you were a fish, what fish would you be? I don't know. I guess it depends on who, what, what my, you know, what friends you'd ask. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think I'd probably want to be, you know, one that didn't get caught a lot or picked on a lot. So, you know, I mean, being a common carp wouldn't be such a bad deal, you know? <laughs> yeah, but when people catch you, they throw you up on the bank sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but they're hard to catch. I mean, unless, you, you know, unless they're getting netted by commercial fishermen. I mean, that's something that, that would be a fishing challenge, guys. Is for us to do to do a carp, carp a carp challenge in the summer. There you go. Yeah, I'd be game. They're not easy. Oh, Scott, not easy. Scott and I, we we'll, we go down to the river here sometimes and just target carp. You know, I need to get over to that river with you guys. And you really out. do. I need, to, I need to. I need to bring out my inner river raft a little bit. Oh, you for do. sure. Yep. You're welcome anytime. I'm telling you that. Well, if I if I'm coming over there, then then we got to have a campfire along the river. And we got to do some catfishing. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, more game. <laughs> nope. Well, Chad, uh, we really thank you for joining us. Uh, I look forward to. Well, both of us look forward to uh, hitting the ice with you again. Hopefully, uh, yet this winter. And uh, yeah, like I said, uh, thanks for joining us. Well, you guys always call. I mean, if I'm not working, I'm always looking for somebody to go with. I, I'm a pretty social guy. I don't. Uh, I'm not into turf wars on ice and stuff like that. So. You know, I'm about having fun and, and uh, chasing down fish and, and uh, just having a good time. So, Absolutely. You're always a professional, Chad. Uh, uh, definitely someone who both of us look up to. So, Well, I appreciate that, guys. And uh, I'll just say that I'm going to start growing a beard here, I think, this winter. And, and I'm telling oh, you, yeah. Matt has, has given me a goal. Okay? That's right. You know, I'm thinking uh, handlebar mustache, maybe. So. Oh, man, that would look so good on you. Oh, I don't think it, I could It would be it. awesome. You know, we could wax them. You know, I mean, it, we might have to have a challenge with that. The old handlebar mustache challenge. I'm not tough enough to grow good facial hair, so. <laughs> I, you, <laughs> That's you, awesome. You grow it better than Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't rate my toughness by a belt. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh man, uh, Chad, Chad, you got any nicknames? Me? Yeah. No, hey, I'm not. No, not that I'm aware of, but it depends on who you ask. <laughs> uh, no, but so so if you don't have any nicknames, if you never had any nicknames growing up, if you were to give yourself a nickname, what would it be? Well, I, I'll just say this. I'll, I'll rephrase that. That I don't have a nickname. Some of the JT guys and gals call me Sauce Boss. Sauce oh. Boss. God yeah. dang it! Uh, I like that. Yeah, there is a little. There's a little. Uh, little educational video I did uh, a year or two ago now on uh, rod, proper rod storage with JTs and uh, the five gallon bucket. And uh, let's just say the Grandmaster Rapper came in and and. Uh, was going through some things in his shack and discovered he had uh, stored some rods improperly and they came out broke, but he also found some, I don't know, pipe wrenches he was throwing out of the shack and some <laughs> some uh, baby raised barbecue sauce. Oh, yeah, sweet so baby raised. So, so somehow they started uh, they started calling me Sauce Boss. The so, sauce Boss. Yeah, I, I think it fits. I think it fits. I, I was gonna—I was gonna ask you if you didn't have a nickname, what would you give yourself for a nickname? But I mean, golly, Sauce Boss is pretty tough to beat. That's right. <laughs> well, and I, and I think it was Matt Bain. Uh, he does all of our videography and stuff for JT that that gave me that name. So uh, I'll have to get him back eventually. Oh yeah, man, we got to find this video, Scott. If he's yeah, rapping no, on it, no doubt. Did you have <laughs> yeah. a chain on? Did you have a big chain, sideways hat, anything? Um, <laughs> I didn't, but uh, yeah. <laughs> if if he resurrects that video, it probably it's probably on the JT Facebook page. I have to go back. Uh, it was in the fall. So Perfect. All right. Last fall, I think. All right. Or the fall before that, I can't remember. We'll look for it and we'll crop ahead on something. So. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, like I said, thanks a lot, Chad. Uh, we'll see you around. Yeah, we'll talk to you guys. Thanks. You bet. 
there he goes, Chad Lorith of Iowa Great Lakes Outdoors over in on the Iowa Great Lakes, uh, Okaboji, Spirit Lake, uh, yeah, all those. Yeah, uh, just a great guy. I mean, oh god, he's the best. Like you, like you said, just a class act. He's always treated us awesome. You know, can't say anything negative about the guy. Right. Just. just I mean, I could, point. but I'm not going to. <laughs> well, that that's for after the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, Matt, uh, I asked Chad what his spirit animal was, or maybe you asked Chad what his spirit animal was. What's your spirit animal? My spirit animal would have to be, well, let's see here. Some people would say it's the donkey, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Um, I don't know. They're just, you can't go wrong with the bald eagle. Bald eagle, yeah. You know, just, solid. Just it's gr- very solid. Graceful and just bad to the bone. Yeah, no one screws talons. with a bald eagle. Right, you know, talons, that sharp beak. Just, yeah, do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? Well, that's good. I mean, I, I I don't know that I have anything to follow up the bald eagle, but. Uh, and, and, I, I, and I don't have much hair on my head, so that kind of goes <laughs> hand in hand with it, too. No, I think, I think I'm going to go with the American bison. The bison. You know, I'm. I'm, I'm I can see that. You know, I, I'm not the biggest animal in the world, but, but I'm not the littlest. And, uh, you know, I just, I'm, I'm kind of slower and, and loyal whatever. to your herd, loyal to my herd. Yep. That's right. You know, no, I, it's like I, I don't know. Nobody I, messes with your herd. And, you know, when I think of the black Hills, I think of, I think of, uh, the bison, you know, there in Custer state park. So, uh, I don't know. That's a special place to me. I'm, I'm going to go with the bison. I, I, right. I don't know if. Well, Lorith, you know that we know his nickname now. We're going to call him Tatanka from now on. Tatanka. <laughs> Tatanka and Sauce Boss. What you got? Did you have any nicknames growing up? I didn't have any. Nick- I was the guy that gave people nicknames. You were the guy that gave people nicknames. Yeah, I was the nickname giver. Well, I'm gonna tell you this right now for free. Me and me and uh, Sauce Boss are gonna get together and we're gonna give you a nickname. All right. If, if anyone who's listening to this, if, if 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 you got a nickname for Matt, send them over to us. We'd we'd like you guys' input too. But uh, that's right. I don't know. We're going to come up with a nickname. I hate to see what some of them are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Matt, going into 2020, uh, I have actually not been on the ice yet on not. 2020, which is, I don't know. I'm not happy about it. We're not going to go there. But uh, yeah, anyways. So the other day I was kind of thinking, like, how many fish do I catch in a year? How, how many fish do oh. you catch in a year? You know, I, I was thinking, like, right now is the time to do it. I always think of this type of stuff come May or That's something right. like that, you know, later on. But uh, I, I think, I think I'm think i going to set a goal this year to catch a 1,000 fish. I actually went on Amazon yesterday or the day before, and I bought a little clicker, yep. you know, the, the number clicker. And uh, I got one of them coming, so before I actually hit the ice for the first time, I'm going to have this clicker. And... Uh, my goal is going to be a thousand fish. Uh, I I've been out once this year. I think I got that beat already. You know, I'm just that good a fisherman. I right, know. right. But I mean, me who's you know a couple <laughs> levels underneath of you, you know, you can try to hit ten thousand this year. I'm just going to try to hit one thousand. Every time you get on fire, you get on that hot streak of catching two. You're going to have that clicker is just going to go, 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 you know, but a thousand fish, you know, I I think that's an attainable goal. I don't think it's overall crazy. You know, I thought at first it was like, man, what if in 2020 I try to catch 2020 fish and it was like, "Mm, I don't know about that, (laughs) but uh, a thousand fish in, in one year's time would be an average of 2.74 fish a day. It would be 19 fish a week. And, uh, if, if, you know, we've had those days where you go out and you catch 50 fish, you know, if you're on a yellow bass bite or, or you know, we've had those bluegill right. days, you know, where we really get on them, you would need 20 of those days a year to hit a thousand. Wow. Which, I mean, that, that does seem pretty crazy, but you know, we have those days where we go down to the river here in town and you know, you can, you can get 14 there right. and you know, then you have a day where you go up to Okaboji and you know, you might catch. 50 of them and and then you know whatever i think overall i think i can actually get an average of 2.74 fish a day possibly maybe not i think oh yeah i think you can you think so oh yeah well that's my goal and just got to supplement some of them trips in there with some pan fish trips so you can kind of get those numbers up there but i mean you think about that one good 
the one really good day that we had out bass fishing. Right. I mean, oh, yeah, we, each of us probably popped off 30, 40 of them. Right. So, I mean, you know, it, it's possible even even in doing other species besides the, the yellow bass or the bluegill, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's a goal when, of mine. When you th- that is kind of cool because when you think about it, like, over the year, you oh, yeah, I easily got to 1,000. Oh, I easily caught 1,000 fish. But then you start doing the math like you did there, and it's like, well, did I? I mean... It would. I mean, it's just like like guys that go out pheasant hunting. A lot of times, they're like, "Oh, you know, I probably shot over you know two hundred birds this year." Okay, start doing the math on that. Do you really right. think you got? And in all reality, I mean, you're not even at a hundred birds, but it just right. you've seen so many birds, it feels like you shot. Yeah, that you're many. over your possession limit for one. <laughs> uh, but no, I I don't know. You know, the the tough part is going to be that in between stage. You know, right. when the ice starts going out and and we're not out in the boat yet or out doing that type of stuff. You know, you can go a month right. easily, and, oh, and yeah. you know, a month of no fishing really knocks down your average. Right. You know, it, it's going to be a deal of averages, and you know, I don't know. I'm I'm going to try to be diligent and always bringing this clicker along. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to buy a pocket calendar or, or try to do it somehow on my phone, but I'm really going to try to to document a whole entire year of chasing a thousand fish. And that's pretty cool. That's that's a neat thing just to try to do. Yep. Well, you can do it yet too. I don't remember how many fish I caught last week. Well, I caught put, more than Ramsey. That's all that matters. Yeah, that is all that matters. <laughs> but uh, I mean, if you start now, you you know you've been out once, but if you start now. You know, you, you, you might still to, eclipse a thousand, a thousand. you know, and then, and then you just know like, hey, and you I know, already I, got a clicker at home. So. Right. You know, if, if you get to a thousand thirty six at the end of the at the end of the year, then, you know, hey, I for sure got it. If you get to nine hundred ninety seven, you can say, well, I'm pretty I sure it. I caught. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. You know, if, if anyone is interested in doing something like that, you know, setting a goal or w- whatever. Now's the time to do it. Right. Because, you know, I mean, it's the beginning and of January. Months, so, it's gonna, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, you know, instead of thinking it up in May, now's the time. Uh, just to jot it down every time. Think right. about it when you go out. Another thing uh, that, that we need to touch on, especially for the Iowa anglers. That's uh, right. Time to renew your license. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's something that can sneak up on someone. You know you know that you have a license, and, and then all of a sudden you don't really think about it. I think South Dakota has to the end of January. Yep, there's um, usually January 31st, and then Minnesota is usually like February 28th or something like that. Right, I remember it's really goofy because... When walleye season closes. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Yep. I remember that one time that me and you went up to that tournament up on the res up in uh, Hills or whatever. Right. Uh, I don't know. I still am not so sure about this, but... uh. Yeah, I, I had to buy an out-of-state license up at the, uh, I don't know, Runnings or whatever it is up there in, uh, in Laverne. In Laverne. Yeah. And the girl would not sell me, like, the the current year license because it was, like, the beginning of February or something. And, and she would only sell me the year before. Hmm. I, I don't know. That's that's what she was saying. And uh, so I ended up only buying a three-day license because it's like, well, I'm not going to buy a full year license for for the next and and she might have been inexperienced or whatever i didn't know anything about fishing in minnesota at the time still don't but uh yeah well whatever so then there's that yeah but like you said they need to be renewed tomorrow's the last day on them right yeah for iowa correct (coughs) yeah for iowa tomorrow as in when we're oh yeah january 10th is the last day on it excuse me so no this so if you're listening to this now and you haven't renewed your fishing license in your Iowa. Your past due. Go renew it. Click okay. it or tick it. Like you said, it's an easy thing that people just forget to do. Then you're out there on the ice this week or this coming week and then the rest of the season. And it's just like, oh, no, I forgot to do that. So. Well, and, and this weekend, as in in front of us, but behind when we're going to release this podcast on Monday, uh, the DNR is out in full force right after oh, this. Yeah. I mean, this, right. this is the weekend where, you know, if you're in Miller's Bay – you're gonna get checked if yep. you're on if you're out on Emerson. You're gonna get checked. I, I, I mean, that's just the way it is. That the DNR is always out on these weekends here, right after it, to make sure that people are doing it. And uh, yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about a bad day of fishing? How about a how about exactly. a freaking ticket for no license? Especially when you know if you're the type of person that's like, golly, you know, I always get a license, and yeah, I don't know. It it, it, nice, it can happen. The nice thing now is that you can do it all everything's online you can get it online so how many people do you think have been sitting in their shack and see the dnr start walking around and is like holy (laughs) totally 
you don't quite get on that app and buy one. Right. I'm sure it happens. Yeah. Well, I guess then they got what they wanted, <laughs> you know. So, well, another thing. Let's um, hear it. Fantasy fishing. Fantasy fishing. How did I forget about that? I mean, how did I forget to put that on the on the slate to talk about tonight? It's coming up. What is it? Three weeks? 27 days. 27 days. 27 days. Is the, the first, first Bassmaster Elite Series event yep. of the season. So, fantasy fishing. We got it set up. You go to the Bassmaster website. Bassmasterfantasy.com. Yep. And then you get yourself all signed up in there. It usually takes an email address. You just get it registered. And uh, our group name is called Midwest Angler Podcast. And it's a private group, so you got to have a password to get into it. And the password is Dinger. Dinger. So I was when I was setting that up, I was like, man, what should I put for a password? And I was like, well, I know what it is. You couldn't have, you couldn't have picked a better password in my book. That's right. That's what I figured. So <laughs> that's... So if you're looking to get join us, it's fun. It doesn't cost anything. You don't have it's, to know anything about no, the Bassmaster Elite Series. And I don't even know if it's set up the same as it's been in the last couple years. It's, it's or very it's, similar. The, okay. the layout of the website is a little bit different. I set my buckets today. But right. uh, if, if you see a tab that says set set your buckets, uh, that that's what it is. And, and, you know, there's bucket A, B, C, D, and E. And uh, each bucket will have uh, 15, 20 anglers in it. And you pick. Uh, the angler that you want out of that bucket and it goes kind of on it, it kind of goes on uh, performance you know the the people in bucket a ha, have been uh, performing the best uh, it tells you what percentage of the other people that are doing fantasy fishing are are picking these people by a percentage and uh, uh, yeah they give you a couple uh, little articles to read you know that that have expert picks and my brother ended up what did he get second or third last year yeah and I second mean, yep. he, i mean he truly did not pay attention you know really to to the whole entire elite series i mean so so if if you're not a, if you're not a follower of the bassmaster elite series you're not at any disadvantage no, truly. you can still do it yep i mean it, it's fun it's easy and and i don't know if you're interested in fishing at all you know it, I, I don't know it's just it's, a heck of a lot of fun it is fun it's easy and it's fun and it's just it gives you something to do and we Absolutely. have a good time with it and somebody just needs to knock jeremy k off that's so. exactly right and 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 jeremy yeah jeremy k obviously the kingpin of last year but uh i know Stu the noob is going to be coming in with a whole ton of research right. that's going to be a pain in the butt uh colby van beek is always a heavy hitter had had last year i don't think he did it the first week or two but uh he came back and passed Pert near the whole entire right. field and, and was right there at the end too. Uh, yeah, we need some more. We need some more people in it. Uh, you know, make it a whole lot more fun and and uh, yeah, we we'd love it if you join us. So yeah, well, with that, that will be the end of what did we say? Fifty five. Yep, episode fifty five. Holy, holy fifty five. All right, yep, that's the end of episode fifty five. Catch you guys on the flip side.